0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Savvy Sages. It is a pleasure to have you with us again. Um, I'm Dr. Joseph from Toronto. And of course, we have Dr. Inila from Chicago. Uh, This is episode seven. The topic for today is stopping self-sabotage. So before we begin, I just want to clarify um, for everyone that the purpose of this podcast is for educational and discussion purposes. Uh, primarily aims at healthcare professionals, but everyone else who would like to join in and learn as well. Um, it is not to be used for formal medical advice. If you do have any particular medical questions or queries, we do encourage you to talk to your own personal medical profession. So with that out of the way, uh, why don't we get down to the definition of self-sabotage or a general understanding of it. Um, so why don't we start off, Annie? What do you think, uh, how would you define self-sabotage?
1: Yeah, so Um, I think of self-sabotage as the thoughts and then ultimately the behaviors that interfere with you being able to achieve your your goals and especially your long-term goals. And this is something we've talked a little bit about in various episodes, little hints and tips or pieces of this in um, some of our our other episodes. But essentially, um, self-sabotage is basically a protective mechanism that we may have learned at some point along the way that allows us to Try to basically prevent ours or sorry protect ourselves and try to avoid emotional pain. Um, sometimes we might outgrow some of those defensive mechanisms, but eventually, if they stay with us and we don't address them, they can become self-sabotage behaviors. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I want to highlight a particular word that I came across: uh, hindering or hinder. Um, and I think that's a great way of kind of looking at it, where it's it's hindering your your own progress, it's hindering your own success, um, and hindering success in multiple areas, whether it be career-wise, academic-wise, personal or relationship-wise. So hindering or preventing success, hindering or preventing your progress, hindering uh, healthy sense of well-being as well. Uh, according to my research. Uh, Self-sabotage does have multiple levels, so it can affect you on a physical level, which we'll talk about. It can also be psychological or emotional. Uh, I think we should also highlight the fact that it is universal. Uh, the fact that we all tend to sabotage ourselves uh, every day, and the key is understanding the story. So sometimes we may sabotage ourselves in very harmless ways and very minor ways, but sometimes we may be sabotaging ourselves on a grander level. Um, in many cases that we may not even necessarily be aware of. Um, it can be both conscious or unconscious, and I think we're both going to talk about, uh, about that in a little while. And, and um, you know, a lot of it comes from a place of fear and negativity. Uh, so what do you think, Aniwa? What do you think about uh, how self-sabotage tends to develop uh, in terms of our lives?
1: Yeah, you know, um, there was a quote that I had read that I really liked a lot and that I think resonated with me. And the idea behind it basically is, what gets rewarded gets repeated. So at some point in our life, if we found that we did a certain something and we ended up getting a reward for it, we didn't have an emotional, um, we didn't end up getting hurt, or we ended up um, feeling better better by doing whatever we're doing, we felt more soothed, whatever it is, we're more likely to end up using that mechanism again, and then that can become a self-sabotage behavior. I don't think we necessarily even sometimes realize, or I can speak for myself at least, that I don't think I realized some of the things I was doing were self-sabotaging behaviors until a few years ago when um, one of my friends who was daring and brave enough to actually confront me with something that I was doing and be able to be transparent with me, um, that's one of the first times that I actually recognized, oh, I didn't even realize that this thing that I do can be a self-sabotage behavior. And what at that time one of the things that she had pointed out for me was um, I had a I had an interview for something, and um, I was reading the interview, the interviewer, um, and trying to figure out you know whether they whether they liked this or not, or whether whether I, whether I would get the job or the um, or the project or whatever it was, and trying to adjust my behavior accordingly because I really wanted this position or this project. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but. Um, when I talked to my friend afterwards, she pointed out to me that um, I was making assumptions about whether or not the interviewer liked me by really subtle little things. It was maybe a look or the way they responded to a certain sentence and based on that I was then following through on being like, well now I have to send them you know, this really long email or I don't think that I'm going to get this job anyway, so why bother showing up for this? And I didn't realize how that one small look or that one small sentence, or, you know, maybe the person looked disinterested for like 30 seconds or whatever it was, how much that was impacting how I was then assuming and then what I was doing in behavior afterwards. And once I realized that that was happening in such a quick little position there, I started noticing how I would probably do that with friends, maybe maybe with in other aspects of my life as well. Um, And that's when I finally got to learn and identify and realize that we all probably make these small self-sabotaging behaviors without even recognizing that we're doing it. Has that been something you've noticed in your own life?
0: Yep. (laughs) In so many ways, I, you know, you know, researching for this topic, it was eye-opening in terms of how many little ways I tend to self-sabotage um, before I actually get to that, though, I, I feel like, inter- like your, your example is incredibly interesting because it highlights uh, quite a few things that um, I feel are fairly pervasive in other self sabotaging and behaviors. So you mentioned how you were, you know, thinking about the person across from you and what they were thinking about. And I think overthinking, overanalyzing is universal when it comes to self sabotaging and behavior. Um, and in addition to that, it's the, you know, what's the other person thinking and placing the importance and the emphasis on their thoughts and their opinions. I think that is uh, fairly common when it comes to self-sabotaging behavior because I feel like it applies to me as well. Uh, so in terms of my, my behaviors, I feel like many of my self-sabotaging behaviors tend to be avoidant behaviors. Um, so things like uh, not necessarily being overly assertive, uh, not being able to say no. I think. The inability to say no for me is a major one because I tend to like to please others. I like to please my friends, colleagues, families, uh, family members, and and patients. Um, And that inability to say no often gets me in trouble later on because oftentimes, you know, I may take on too much, I may become overburdened. Um, That's one area where I feel like I tend to sabotage myself quite a lot. Um, Some of the other areas that I feel may be, uh, you know, also pervasive in my my own personal life is perfectionism. So oftentimes if I start a project, I will, you know, sometimes procrastinate with it and overanalyze, overthink because I want to be absolutely perfect. And that ultimately affects the final quality. Um, And sometimes it may not necessarily be a particular project, it may just be, you know, something I wanted to do. Ultimately, just kind of bummed myself. Uh, One interesting form of self-sabotaging behavior I came across was mindless distractions. Um, And I feel like many of us have probably experienced this in our own life. So for me personally, oftentimes I may fall down a rabbit hole uh, mindless YouTube videos or TikTok videos or or something that I don't necessarily care about, but I may spend so much time on these things um, for no reason. And I read that mindless distractions are one way that we tend to sabotage ourselves and prevent us from actually being productive and working towards our goals. And I feel like in a time where we're oversaturated with so many different things to look into, that may affect a lot of us, right? Um, Some other ways of, uh, you know, that we tend to self-sabotage in terms of maybe even relationships I came across was like things like delaying messages or delaying texts or overthinking or overanalyzing the perfect text or the perfect message because we want to come across as maybe, you know, intelligent or attractive or charismatic uh, and delaying that. And that ultimately leads to not taking chances in life, um, certain like stagnating in certain areas, stagnating in relationships as well. Um, one area that I thought may um, influence, like maybe very very prevalent in the healthcare field, is imposter syndrome. And I'm going to hold on to that um, until we t- until a little bit later because I feel like that's going to lead into another another point that you're going to make, Ani, that will will tie into really into that really really well. Um, so yeah, those are some of the behaviors that I found are uh, you know. Negative behaviors that you know sabotage my my chances for success moving forward. Um, in terms of the why though, Adi, like why do we uh, why do we tend to fall back on these self sabotage behaviors? Where does it come from?
1: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I think there's a few different things. So first of all, one of them is cognitive dissonance. So the idea of cognitive dissonance is basically the discomfort that we feel when our um, our beliefs and our values are not necessarily in conjunction with our, our actions and our words. And um, if we believe that we're not going to be good at something, but we're going for it anyways, ultimately at some point we might self-sabotage because we don't actually truly believe that we're actually going to be capable of whatever that, it, that issue is. So I think one thing is really trying to address that cognitive dissonance and figure out where that disconnect is sometimes it's as simple as powerful cravings and temptations do we really do we give in to some of those powerful cravings and temptations Um, sometimes it's dysfunctional and distorted beliefs that we might have developed when we were young Um, in general a lot of these things that we're doing we tend to do them because there was something about them that kept us safe so if you know we might look both ways on the street to make sure that it's keeping us safe we might wear a mask to make sure that we don't get covid And that might be great for the time being. Every time you're at a busy street, you probably do have to look both ways and know that that's that's what you need to do to stay safe. But ultimately, that might not actually serve you in every situation. If you're in Venice where there are no cars, you don't actually have to look both ways every time you cross the street. Eventually one day, I'm still hopeful that maybe when COVID is gone, you may not have to wear a mask necessarily all the time in order to try to prevent yourself from getting a certain infection. Um, But however, unfortunately for a lot of us, we learn these mechanisms when we're young because we are trying to figure out how to either fill some kind of a void or what we can do to prevent feeling something or having some kind of an emotion or feeling frustrated or like a failure or rejected or abandoned or whatever it is. Um, And we've learned these mechanisms to push things away or procrastinate or be perfectionist, thinking that then we would never have to face that thing. Um, But the problem is, is that 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 safety mechanism actually becomes more of a negative for us eventually, one day it doesn't actually serve us anymore. um, And we have to be willing to look at it in order to figure out where it's happening. Interestingly, a lot of us might think that actually it's something that is, um, it tends to be the path of least resistance. But interestingly, there's actually some research that shows that's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a research article that, uh, that was published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology that has very counterintuitive results. They actually found that people were far more likely to self-sabotage if there were early birds in the morning. And if they were night owls, they were more likely to self-sabotage at nighttime. And so, um, the, we might actually be using up a lot more energy while we're self-sabotaging. And there might be something about when we're more likely to self-sabotage than we even realize. Yeah.
0: You brought up a good point about um, coping mechanisms and how self-sabotage can be can be you know seen in many ways as a coping mechanism. But as we grow, as we evolve, certain coping mechanisms can be more detrimental. Um, and one thing I want to add, in addition to the points that you brought up, was um, fear. And I feel like fear is something—it's a topic that comes up in so many of our uh, so many of our episodes. Um, in terms of my research, I, I've seen you know many people have that fear of failure and that fear of rejection, um, and that kind of goes back to you know what are these? What are we sabotaging? Like why are we sabotaging ourselves? Right. Um, you know, why is it that we may not necessarily go after a particular job opportunity or, you know, if there's some of that, you know, you know, that you find particularly charming or attractive, why don't you approach them? Why don't you, you know, commit to relationships? Why don't you commit to your work? Why is that? Are we afraid of rejection? Are we fear, are we afraid of failure? And uh, I know one thing that, you know, in our research that you brought up, Ani, in our own private conversations was the fear of success. Um, which I found very, very interesting. And I wanted to see, do you mind just elaborating on that? Like the fear of success and how it can lead to self-sabotage and behaviors.
1: Yeah. So this is what I came across when um, thinking about, actually it's interesting because some of the most common ones I read about were a lot of the ones you mentioned, procrastination, perfectionism, and self-medication, like self-soothing through, you know, some of that mind, those mindless activities that you mentioned. And with procrastination, uh, the suggestion was the biggest reasons that we tend to procrastinate are fear of success, fear of failing, and fear of disappointing others. And um, when I first read about fear of success as a fear, I was like, "No way! Like, there's no who's afraid of success." But actually, the more I thought about it, and the more I started seeing it in real life for for others, um, there's actually a lot of responsibility that goes into uh, succeeding, and there's also some risk taking, and then there's also some changes, right? There's some differences if you. If you have a certain group of friends and if you're becoming more successful than them now you might have to change your surroundings and that can be really scary for people and so the fear of success is another one where i think it can be so unconscious and you don't even realize that you're doing it sometimes because outwardly who wouldn't want to be successful why wouldn't we want to celebrate that but that might be one an unconscious place if we don't realize um it's actually that we're able to achieve that success that we're looking for
0: I mean, it's an incredibly interesting point. And I feel like I, I, I feel like it's linked to imposter syndrome in our field as well. Um, so I do ask, you know, how many times uh, does the imposter syndrome take over for many of us? Um, and we ask ourselves, you know, am I really qualified for this? Am I able to take on this responsibility? And, and like you mentioned, change is something that we all fear, even if it's good change. Because we like the comfort of stability. We like things staying the same. Um, there is that fear of the unknown and that fear of additional responsibilities. And you know, is it possible that imposter syndrome plays a role here, um, where it's linked to that fear of success, and, and does it ultimately result in self-sabotaging behavior? Um, I don't have answers for that, but it's interesting to think about, right? Um, okay, so fantastic. So. Um, you know, now we have an understanding of what self-sabotage is, where it may come from, how it may look like in our lives. Uh, But how do we get past, how do we get past those behaviors and allow ourselves to progress?
1: Yeah, so um, the number one thing is awareness and self-reflection and willingness to look at it. So until you can recognize your patterns, you can't change them. Um, I know in the coaching world, there's this idea and this thought that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so recognizing where you might have certain patterns that are showing up over and over again in either the same part of your life or in alternative and different parts of your life. Um, But the very first thing is just having those patterns, noticing them, the awareness, being willing to look at them. And then the second part really is um, reframing it and just having a lot of compassionate curiosity. Um, So sometimes I think once we start recognizing those behaviors or patterns, we start beating ourselves up. Why would I do that? I can't believe I did that. I need to be better at this. But instead, if we were able to change the way that we think about it and just be really, really compassionate with ourselves, but would be very curious. Why did I do that? I wonder what I could have been gaining. All of these mechanisms and all of these self-sabotage behaviors, there's always something underlying it that's actually benefiting you in some way shape or form and so i think the first thing is trying to figure out what void is it filling or what it what emotion is it avoiding or how is it benefiting you in some way recognizing that and just being very compassionate very curious then i think you can go on to the next point which is then actually trying to change that behavior Um, when we start to get triggered when we sent to when we start to have really strong emotions There's um, research suggests the first thing to do is to try to then look at what was the thought I had right before that emotion showed up. If we can identify some of those thoughts, we might be able to identify some of our our negative uh, videotapes or reels that play in our minds a lot, and so recognizing some of that self-talk and then being able to adjust that somewhat, and then also An exercise that I came across that, you know, I'm not really great at, I'm one of these people who reads these exercises and says, yeah, that's great. I know this, but I never do them. Um, I really think some of these exercises are worth actively actually doing. And this exercise is one that suggests thinking about once you recognize a pattern, writing down the pattern, writing down what your emotion with it is, what the thought with it is, and then what you normally do. What is a typical pattern? So when I notice that I'm interviewing, um, I, I typically look for any kind of sign that the person doesn't seem like they are engaged in the conversation and then I start to pull back or I start to become more verbose and trying to convince them. So whatever your next pattern is and then writing down three alternatives. So maybe my one of my three alternatives might be I just take a deep breath and um, you know and then just try to calm myself again so that I can go forward with what I was already thinking or doing. So whatever your three things are so that the next time you're in that situation, you can actually think through those three you've already gotten down, rather than defaulting to what your normal behavior is. Do you have anything to add?
0: Oh, I mean, you, you hit pretty much all my points, right? I don't want to—I uh, don't want to necessarily pre—but like, you know, just emphasizing the importance of self-awareness. Uh, that's something that both of us uh, came across when we were doing our research here, where we become self-aware of certain behaviors that we can tend to refine and in some cases eliminate in order to to prevent ourselves from from being stuck and stagnating, Um, taking time to reflect. I think it is important to be honest with ourselves as well. It can be hard, it can be very, very hard to find behaviors um, and ultimately hold ourselves responsible. So one thing that I came across was making sure that you're avoiding negativity and avoiding blame uh, when you do come across, you know, maybe these behaviors that pervade your life uh you know asking yourself why so for example you know why did i not go for my 30 year run today right and doing it in a manner where you can take responsibility while also being kind to yourself so that's really important that's something that we always always emphasize in, in every one of our our episodes it's, it's important to be kind to yourself it's important to differentiate taking responsibility uh from criticizing taking responsibility comes from a place of self-love it comes from a safe- place of self-confidence because you can recognize certain behaviors and ultimately make the conscious choice to change that for the next day. Um, and of course, ultimately just recognizing self-defeat behavior, getting a lot of the self-negative talk out of your system. Um, and again, going back to self-love, understanding that being able to reflect and, you know, minimizing those self-destructive behaviors those self-sabotaging behaviors is a form of self-love, reminding yourself that you are worth it, doing it for yourself, and that you are capable of succeeding. So before we uh, finish up for today, Ani came across a series of questions um, that allow you to self-reflect, and we do want you to keep these questions in mind, maybe try to implement them uh, to do so as well. So Ani, do you want to to go over those questions that we can kind of reflect on daily to to get past these uh, self-sabotaging behaviors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can ask yourself this as time goes on to see if maybe you can address some of your own self-sabotage behaviors. So is your behavior aligning with your goals? That's one I think we should all be asking ourselves all the time. If not, what is stopping you from taking action to make your dreams come true? Is your behavior aligning with values that you currently believe? If not, what is stopping you from taking actions that align with these values? Do you feel uneasiness or discomfort when you progress? Is this discomfort based on what others have told you that limited your aspirations? Is this discomfort based on fears of maybe looking foolish? Is the unease based on a fear of success? Even if your first answer is no, see if you can dive in a little little bit deeper. Are you concerned with achieving more than you thought was possible? And if you do better or achieve even more, do you believe success is more than you actually deserve? So some questions for you to reflect on. If possible, we'd love to have you join in on our next Zoom discussion so you can tell us what you've been able to reflect on and what you've learned about yourself. And um, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thank you, everyone. It is always a pleasure to have you all with us. Uh, Please feel free to comment if you have any other questions. Uh, You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, We look forward to engaging with you, and we'll see you again for the next episode. So take care and stay safe. Bye.